0: Closed on Sunday. You are my Chick-fil-A. Okay. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> okay, if you have no idea what that is, that's a Kanye West song, okay? Come on up there, Glory, for a second. I just feel like we need to. <laughs> oh, come on, that's a miracle, don't you think? That guy is like winning souls to Jesus. That's that's a good song. Look it up on YouTube, closed on Sunday. Love it. My favorite song. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> If you don't know what Chick-fil-A is, it's like the, it's rising to number one restaurant in America, owned by Christians, closed on Sundays. By the way, Glory goes there like twice a week, and uh, it's just amazing. So come on, I just feel like we need to just uh, crack something open here. Is that okay? If you, why don't you stand up for a second? Just, if you pray in tongues, if you have a prayer language, I just want you to sing it out right now. I just, ah, I think the Lord is just, he's hovering, and the spirit is hovering, and he's like... Wanting to uh, do. Father, we love you. Thank you. Break in, break in. Show. <laughs> Come on, just raise it up. Raise it up. There's a singing bride. There's a singing bride that's emerging on the earth. It's a worshiping bride, the bride of Christ that's just radically awakening. Show so we sing to you, the singing bride. Even as the Lord says, I rejoice over you with singing. Says the Lord, I rejoice over you with singing. Sha na 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 na. I delight in you. I delight in you. Don't listen to the lies. Don't listen to the lies. I delight in you. I delight in you, says the Lord. I delight in you. Oh, don't listen to the lies. Listen to the truth. I delight in you. I delight in. I want everybody that's been struggling with panic attacks, panic attacks, fears, please come up right now. Discouragement, the Lord is about to break. I saw him clearly saying that he's gonna break fears. Pan- some with panic attacks, discouragement. I want you to come up here. You've been just struggling with discouragement. You've been struggling with this sense of, I don't know, even for some, there's been a bit of an abandonment thing. I just see the Lord, he's saying, I'm cracking open the truth to break the lies to break the lies somebody's getting free today of panic attacks free today of panic attacks of fears that well up of fears father let your fire fall So i delight in you i delight in you i delight in you says the lord ministry team, come on up and just stand with them. In the name of Jesus, I see freedom. In the name of Jesus, we pray a breaking of every form of panic attack, of fear, of of discouragement. It comes off in the name of Jesus. Whoa! Fire of God falls. In the name of Jesus, that lie, the lie that you've been passed over, the lie that you are not good enough, the lie come on just war with the lies right now in the name of jesus war with the lies because they're being broken through the power of the blood of jesus freedom there's a freedom cry there's a freedom sound there's a freedom ringing out panic attacks be broken fear discouragement lifts 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 fire of god This morning even this morning somebody wrestled with even getting here there was this gripping sensation around your throat freedom in the name of Jesus freedom in the name of Jesus somebody's had children there's been children wrestling with panic attacks in Jesus name freedom 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 Lord, let your fire fall. Discouragement be broken right now. Discouragement be broken right now. Let your fire fall. I call you Hepsibah. My delight is in you. I call you Hepsibah. My delight is in you, says the Lord. I call you, above. My delight is in you, says the Lord. Freedom. Freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Freedom, freedom, says the Lord. Freedom through the power of the blood of Jesus. Freedom, freedom, let your fire fall. In the name of Jesus, break the lies. Break the old life is off of you. A new man, a new man. Ephesians 4 over you. The old man is being passed away that the new would come. Through the renewing of your mind. Today there's a renewing of your mind. We just declare over your mind. A renewing of your mind. In the name of Jesus, break in. Break in. Let the fire of God fall. I just, I'm sensing the Lord. I, I, I feel this, this warrior thing this morning to say, it's time to war over the thoughts that try to steal. Steal from the truth of what God says. Steal from the truth of what our Savior says. Hepzibah, my delight is in you. Father, let your fire fall. It's time to war over those thoughts and say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I take authority over every discouraging, every lie, every fear. No more bondage of fear. No more bondage of fear in Jesus' name. Let your fire fall.
1: Let your fire fall. Let your fire fall. Let your fire fall.
0: Freedom in the name of Jesus. Freedom through the power of the blood of Jesus. I know this, is, this seems really bizarre, but I, I'm getting this thought, is there somebody here that's like really gifted at skating or you're almost like you? you it's part of your hobby but like literally um skating (laughs) i know it's bizarre i'm not even sure if it's ice skating or skating skate raise your hand real real high if that's somebody here i i feel like the lord is going to release some of these these creative hobbies that that bring you joy it's almost like god's going to take you back to to joy joy of doing things that you have put aside joy in doing some of these things in life that you've put aside even athletic things i, I don't know it's just I, i'm thinking of um, when um you know chariots of fire guy eric liddell when he said when i run i feel his pleasure when i run i feel his pleasure and i just want to pray right now the pleasure of life where some the, the pleasure of life has evaded you the pleasure of doing things like skating, like running. Do you skate? Huh? Father, I bless the anointing, the the athletic anointing upon you. I bless you to enjoy it. And I also feel like the Lord is saying it. it, This evangelism on you, Cayenne is gonna explode. It's gonna explode. And I see that it's almost like you're going to take people out and do athletic skill set things, and it's going to be a form of evangelism. You're going to, you know, even next generation young guys, you're going to take them on athletic things that that are common interest, but then you're going to say, we're going to talk about Jesus. Lord, soul, soul. over here you guys and the couple that hosted because i just you know one of the things i felt for this church i was sharing with leaders yesterday was prophetic evangelism or uh sorry prayer evangelism that was going to lead to extraordinary number of souls and i bless those tears and i bless the tears of travail and i bless the prayers that you're praying and this whole thing about targeting scarborough is exactly what i felt before i got here yesterday was the lord saying he's going to win many many souls in this whole swath it's like I see a radius like when you look at a radar a radius that it's going out it's going out it's the call is going out even as we're praying this morning somebody is in their bed hearing God speak to them saying you need to turn to me fire on them in the name of Jesus a real breaker anointing for souls a compassion for souls Oh fire on you Rachel you're gonna get prophetic ideas even on what to do and how to get out there and what to I don't know the strategic strategy 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 Lord let the prayer element be that's you Matthew 9 that's you to say pray the Lord of the harvest let the fire of God fall and I just want to declare I said something yesterday but I declare that there are many children coming to Jesus through this ministry You know, get ready for the kids. Get ready for an upgrade in the kids department because the Lord is gonna send you many children. Do not despise these children because God is saying, I'm marking a generation for me. There's a generation that are longing for love and longing for God. And so I thank you, God, that you're gonna trust many, even into this ministry, into this church. So Lord, open the hearts of these anointed men and women. Spiritual moms and dads, raising up, rising up, fire of God, Shh. fire of God, fire of God, Lord, break in, break in, break in. You know, um, this lady, uh, nice blonde hair. Can you stand up for a second? That's yeah, you. Well, Lorraine. Lorraine. Say Lorraine, Lorraine, yeah, you. Can you stand up for? No, no, this one. John? Okay, sorry. I have to ask God clearer names, but you know, I I just bless intercession on you. Is that your husband? And I, I feel like the Lord's saying, I don't know what you got for kids or grandkids, but I see the Lord saying that everyone are coming into the kingdom of God. Salvation is coming to your household. Salvation is coming to your family, that you are to never give up praying. You are to never give up. The, the tears that you've cried and the pain that's been in your heart, the Lord sees and knows salvation throughout your house. I bless you, and I bless you to never give up. Fire of God, on our in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to say this to you. I, I, this church is going to continue to explode in growth. And I want to declare, I, I said it to the leaders, but I feel you, you need to have, I know it's uncomfortable. There's going to be multiple services. It's just growth pain until the Lord gives you your building and you will have your building. Right now, even Catch the Fire, Bournemouth, is looking at a building and I declare the Lord's going to do a domino thing of of buildings for catch the fire churches. God's going to do an incredible work in in a building for you guys. Even what you invested, you're going to return. But in the meantime, there's growth pains. In the meantime, there's going to be multiple services. So don't worry about not seeing your friends. It's going to be okay because it's part of the process. But God, let your fire fall on this church. Growth in the heart and growth numerically because the, the Lord is pleased with you hepzibah my delight is in you, says the Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Keep coming, Holy Spirit. Thank you, glory. More of you. Oh, keep coming, Holy Spirit. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Father. You know, I, I whoa. I do have a message, by the way, I want to say that there's a phenomenal book called When God Becomes Real, When God Became Real by Brian Johnson. It's just an incredible book about the fears that he had and the wrestling with that. I think that's one of the big demonic assignments right now. just want to say this, that I just got back from Israel on a Thursday um, evening and I was leading a teaching tour with our amazing guide on that end. But I don't know if anybody's looked, has heard of Hezekiah's Tunnel. Hezekiah's Tunnel, if you don't know what it is, look it up on YouTube. But it is uh, what King Hezekiah had, uh, with his workers, had borged out of the rock uh, foundations to bring water from outside the gates of Jerusalem into The gates so you can walk through you can walk through this tunnel now i know that canada would never allow this i just know the rules in canada would be, be different so glory this is my daughter glory the youngest one here and so we were we were uh leading people through this tunnel now it's completely dark there's water up to your like knees or shins or you know it's different water and then sometimes you got a duck and 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 so you have, like, I had a headlamp on, and I'm leading all these people, and one of our, you know, it's just, uh, the last time I did it, a a big footballer, he was a hockey player behind me, had a panic attack. And so I'm like, oh God, like, it's like, like, they say it's 40 minutes to walk it under, and completely, again, completely dark water, you know, it's like, who's stupid enough to do this, right? But anyways... And so I'm like, God, uh, at that point, I, yeah, last time I was going through it, I was like, what do I do? And Lord just said, just start to worship. And we worshiped, and, and things shifted for that guy behind me. And so this time I said, hey, everybody, we're just worshiping right from the get-go, okay? And we just worshiped our way. You've got to experience it to know, but it's like where this, you know, fear cannot stand when you worship. There's something about worship that I I feel like the Lord is saying, just release worship in your home and worship in your car and worship in your life. And I just think of Bill Johnson, you know, when he was, he called himself like melancholy and struggled with depression. Bill Johnson, and he would pull the drapes and just dance before the Lord. He said it didn't look good. It didn't feel like doing it, but he just would worship. And when he was asked one time, you know, how did you come up with this phenomenal worship anointing and this incredible, you know, Bethel music? He said, "We never desired, we never designed that, we never even went after it. But what we did is, we just desired to worship." And I, I I just the it came so true to me again, going through Hezekiah's tunnel is the power of worship. And even, you know, that uh, some of you know that rockets were launched and we had four rocket, 400 rockets launched onto Israel while we were there. Just no sense of fear. It's like, God, it, I don't know. There's something that the Lord is saying. This is going to be one of the great enemies that the Lord is, or the enemy is trying to put on the earth, is fear. But it is broken when we worship. Yes. Give adoration to him. Well, I do have a message, but I just want to say that um, I'm really gripped for a number of things and talk about eternity. Uh, but I also want to say that we are headed to, i am just prophetically declare, we are headed to worldwide revival. I feel it in my bones. It is so av- evident. And um, 2020, the prophecies have been very clear for, for decades. Even, you know, Bob Jones, who's dead now, he went to heaven, but he prophesied it back in 1979. Uh, about the 2020, about the billion soul harvest coming in. I know Steve Witt, who's a friend of our ministry here, he's had, even back in the 80s, the Lord spoke to him about 2020. And this whole Kanye West thing, and uh, I I think there's gonna be many others, Justin Bieber and others, and that's great, but it's also you and me, like the nameless and the faceless, because I tell you, the souls are coming in. Get ready, get ready, worldwide, Revival. And I could just super quick give you some stats. Do you know the hotbed for revival right now is Iran? How many of you know that? Iran has the highest level of souls being saved per capita, per capita on planet earth. They are saying that most of the mosques are actually quite empty in Iran. As as so many young people, 70% of Iran is under the age of 30, and they're just turning to Jesus. Some of their dreams and visions, some of it is just Jesus appearing to them, even the Persian community. How many of you have a Persian descent or an Iranian descent? Because in, in the Toronto, um, uh, the airport campus, there's an incredible amount of people coming in. How about uh, China? Approximately 30,000 a day coming to Jesus, even though there's persecution. Even though the rise in India, uh, second largest population uh, wise, uh, next to China. But uh, Liana Quintel, um, how do you say her last name? It's Cinquentia. She's a short little 4 foot 11 nothing girl who's, who's now uh, leading and helped start 25,000 house churches. We're going to be with her next year, later next year on an outreach. to. And I just, it's something is brewing and you don't hear about this on CNN. You know, you don't hear about what God is doing. Brazil, it said now 40% of Brazil are believers, authentic believers in Jesus Christ. When the send, you know, the send that was in, uh, my son was there in the send in, in Florida and earlier this year, and how when they announced the send Brazil, the stadium sold out in a few hours. So they went to a second stadium, and that, it's coming in 2020, this stadium, but they, 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 they got another stadium, and that sold out in a few hours as well. So then now they're on their third stadium to just have stadium worship to Jesus in Brazil. My friend Stacy Campbell had prophesied years ago about the fact that there was going to be a turnaround in the, um, in the you know, fraud and all that in the government. Now there's a believer who's leading Brazil. Yeah. By the way, I've just, uh, my daughter uh, Zoe, who's 19, just got engaged, guess what, to a Brazilian born. Wait, hey, come on, where's the Brazilians in this place, right? Yeah. So that's what my future kids are going to look like, I guess, Those grandkids, well, half Brazilian. Come on, beautiful, I agree. Nigeria, the Reformed Church of God in Nigeria hosts gatherings of 45 million people in Lagos, Nigeria. I mean, incredible things are happening. And Heidi Baker, her, her number of churches, I, I, the statistic given by Che On said that Heidi Baker's churches are now up to 25,000 churches that have been started through Iris Ministries. I'm like, whoa, Indonesia largest Muslim population but the gospel is spreading 35% of Indonesians are born again according to Cheon. that's incredible you know that Smith Wigglesworth he prophesied he said that there's gonna be untold multitudes will be saved worldwide too many to count That the dead will be raised, cancer healed, no disease will be able to stand. What God's about to do. I want to remind you of a Paul Cain prophecy. He said this prophecy at least a hundred times. Paul Cain, high-level prophet. And he said this, it will be stadium Christianity. And he said on the news, he heard that the reporters were saying, there's no bad news to report tonight. All we can report is that the stadiums are full of Christians worshiping. And the hospitals are... Going down in the need for them because so many people are getting healed and and stretcher people coming in on stretchers and walking out. Come on. I believe it. I really do. I'm crazy enough to believe it that that these prophecies are true stadium Christianity. You know that out of 14,000 unreached people groups on the earth, only 263 are left. These are YWAM statistics, youth with a mission. And should be done, the whole gospel should be done by 2025, that's not that far away. And this is what Jesus prophesied in 2020, by the way, is the global year of the Bible. And uh, it's starting off the decade of the Bible. That's good news, come on. We love you, Jesus. We love you. You are so powerful. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says he has put eternity in their hearts. And I want to talk about eternity today. Because in verse 1 of Ecclesiastes 3, it says, For everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die. Do you know that unless Jesus comes before, and it's not that far away, I believe, when Jesus comes, and we don't know exactly, there's a few more things to be fulfilled prophetically, but did you know that either he's going to come or you're going to meet him? You're all—we're all, all going to die. This little Earth suit—it's not going to last forever. This is just to encourage you, but you know, I was just—as I mentioned—just came back from Israel, and uh, Aryeh David is our our guide on that. end. Messianic believer, phenomenal. Like I just can't talk highly enough about him. But. Of the 10 times that he fought in Israeli, uh, sorry, 10 times that his life was in danger during wars in Israel, there was a story that he gave this time that just stuck with me. His friend Rami was a commander and Aryeh was a sergeant. And Rami was uh, an atheist. And Aryeh and his brother were the only believers in the IDF back in 1967. And then uh, now there's more. As a matter of fact, his granddaughter is, I don't know, this is being taped, I guess, right? I get, His granddaughter is so high up, I'll just say this in the IDF, that she was part of this recent, if you know the news, assassination uh, against uh, a, a jihadist leader. Anyways, that's another story. But Rami, who's the an atheist, and Ari is trying to tell him about Jesus, but they're in the thick of battle. And Rami is so gripped by fear, and he said this. He said, no one prepared me for this. Knowing that he could very well die. And he kept saying, you know, I, I, you know he had taken two bullets in, 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 the, in the former war, but this is the Yom Kippur War. And he said, this time the bullet's going to take me out. And Arya kept saying, don't say that, don't say that. And he just said, I feel it. And then he said, you know, I, nobody prepared me for this. He's an engineer. You know, he had, I studied, I went to the best universities. I, I've been trained in the war. I, I know, but nobody prepared me to die. Rami took a bullet to right between his eyes. And exactly like he predicted, he died in that battle. Everybody in the front line took bullets in this ambush that they had with the Egyptian soldiers. But they all lived except for Rami. He was the only one who died. In the words of Ari, he said, he died a victim of Satan. And I want to say this. You know, we spend time with, you know, savings, retirement savings or, or trust funds or whatever. You know, wanting pension and all this stuff. Do we really pay a lot of attention to getting ready for that life? And maybe this is fresh for me because three weeks ago, my brother-in-law died and 10 days before he died I was sitting at his bedside trying to help out my sister who is you know real estate agent so busy and and she wanted somebody there 24 7 I said look I'll do some all-nighters and I did some all-nighters by the bedside of my dying brother-in-law the very guy by the way who introduced my husband and I to each other and I'm sitting there and thinking he's just about to pass into eternity now he definitely went to heaven But I found myself gripped again with this reality of heaven and eternity. And that this life is not that long before we will meet him. And you know, it's one thing as 1 Corinthians 3 talks about, you know, build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, which is, you know, our salvation is because of the blood of Jesus. It's because of, you know, as Martin Luther, the Reformation, absolutely true, it's the blood of Jesus, but that, go on to read that in First Corinthians 3, it says, but we can build on that foundation with either gold, silver, precious stones, which passes the test of fire, or wood, hay, and straw, which does not pass the test of fire. Did you know that how you live your life here marks there? There's 20 different references in the Bible that talk about heavenly rewards, that talk about the fact that you know, that there are rewards in heaven. Even for a cup of cold water, you give a cup of cold water, you receive a reward. On earth and in heaven, I just like, God, I want to know what this means. And I just sat by my brother-in-law's bedside and said, Lord, if you need to make adjustments in me, please do it now. I, I want to know now if there's things that need to shift or change, or if I need to forgive somebody or change my attitude or or, or whatever, because I, as a nurse, by the way, for eight years or so, I, I mean, I was, was educated in it, I gave it up to be a mom, but I never saw anybody on their deathbed saying, oh, I should have made more money, or I should have had a bigger house. Or, you know what I did? I did see regret for, you know, the fact that their daughter was so estranged from them that she never visited them at their dying bedside. I did see that. I saw regrets for broken broken relationships. I saw regrets for, you know, not knowing how to prepare for eternity. One vivid story, uh, maybe you've heard me share this because it was just so marked. I, this is DNR, do not res- resuscitate patient. He's going to die. And you don't do anything on a DNR. And what happened was I was telling him about Jesus as his nurse and he didn't want to hear it. And then he slips into a coma. The doctor says he's probably going to die before your shift is over. And I'm thinking, man, you know, you had opportunity to know Jesus. And how unfortunate. When he sits straight up in the bed, he is completely coherent. He couldn't sit up before, by the way. Sits straight up. His eyes are wide like saucers. And I'm so shocked. I said, uh, are you ready to accept Jesus now? He said, yes, I am. I said, good, pray this prayer. Prayed the prayer of salvation, fell back in the bed and died. I'm like, talk about the mercy of God. You know two things? I think he saw hell. Because his eyes were just so wide and frightened. And I think that his mother or somebody was praying for him. That I was his nurse at that time when he passed from this life to that life. I recommend a good book called Imagine Heaven by a guy by the name of John Burke. He's a, he's a pastor. and. He's got a hundred different near-death experiences, stories in there that I, I think are super, super helpful. You know, Chester Kilster, a friend of mine from, he's an RTF founder, he said this. He said, you know, every generation the Lord just allows a few people to go to hell or go to heaven, come back, and just tell us it's real. Now, we should know that by the Bible. Because there's 400 different references about hell. Because you know what's happening right now? There's a a theology out there. There's some stuff going out there. Either the hyper-grace or there's a deconstruction uh, thing happening where people are turning away from the truth and the authenticity of the word of God. And so believing, oh, God's too loving to ever send anybody to hell. Do you want to know something? This is a tragedy that there is hitting a generation to believe that they can do whatever they want or live, and somehow they'll still end up in heaven. Come on, church, this is real, and you can bank your life on the word of God. This is true. Billy Graham, with his dear friend and fellow worker in Youth for Christ, his name was Charles Templeton. They were both filling stadiums in the 1945. When Charles Templeton went to Princeton University, and began to question the authority of the Bible. And what happened was, you know, Billy Graham went out to the woods one day. He talks about this life-altering encounter where he said, God, either the word is true or it's not. Like, I just, you know, I need you to tell me. his, his good friend, turning against the authenticity and the, the authority of the word of God. But he came out of that bush. This was Billy Graham when he said, I will stake my life on the truth of the word of God and the rest is history. Charles Templeton, who was filling stadiums in 1945, ended up writing a book, Goodbye God, my departure from the Christian faith, as he turned to atheism. How is that possible? You know, it's not even so much how you start, it's how you end. You know, my brother-in-law, I have to say, he golfed every day, twice on Friday. (laughs) And, you know, he wasn't even a believer when he met my sister, I don't even think he was necessarily a nice guy. But I'll say this, he finished well. He had an encounter in July with the Lord when the Lord came to him and sat with him and just, it was like God sat beside him. And from that, that time, he, he completely changed you. He just said, you know, if I could have this level of peace all my life, now this is a big statement if you knew him. He said, if I could have had this level of peace all my life, I would have, I would have given, up, given up golfing. You're kidding me. His son, my nephew, by the way, was the number one golfer in all of Canada for junior golfing. He got a golf scholarship. What is it that we're pursuing that doesn't have an eternal, consequence, uh, uh, eternal worth? I know that, you know, we gotta do what we do. You gotta eat, you gotta go to work, you gotta, you know. But I, I just feel gripped with this thing of get ready for eternity. Major on the majors, minor on the minors. Major on the fact that we're all going to leave this planet and where we're going to spend it. Paul, you know, a place that we go in Israel, Caesarea Maritima, it's right on the Mediterranean Sea. And, you know, you still see the, the ruins of Herod's palace and the amphitheater and the hippodrome. And the hippodrome is like the athletic track where the athletes train for the Olympics. Paul was imprisoned there. And he penned the words in 1 Corinthians 9 from the prison cell in Caesarea Philippi. When he's watching, he could watch these athletes train hours a day. You know, the body, it was uh, the Hellenistic view of the body. Many times they were naked. But he said this, he said, you know, do you not know that those who run in a race but one receives a prize? They do it for a temporal prize. How much more? Now we, now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we an imperishable crown. Thus I run, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. What does that mean? He's saying that these athletes who trained that the way they did the hours, and they're doing it for what? A medal? A trophy? A trophy? I remember when James Dobson, the leader of Focus in the Family, he said, you know, that he had a goal to be the best tennis player in college. And so he trained and he became the best tennis player in his college. Do you know a few years ago, guess what? A friend from back in college days sent him something that he had picked out of the garbage dump because they were renovating the the college. And out of the garbage dump, there was his trophy. His trophy of being the best tennis player. Guess what? All of our temporal trophies are going to somehow end up in a garbage dump. But there is an imperishable crown. There is an imperishable trophy. And that's why Paul later, in another imprisonment, was able to say this in 2 Timothy. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not only me, but all who have loved his appearing. Oh, God. Ah! Do we love his appearing today? Do we love the fact that he's coming? He's coming. He's coming again. He's coming on the clouds. He's coming. Every eye will see him. Some will groan. Oh, no. He is who he says he is. Oh, no. But we've loved his appearing. George Ritchie was a uh, soldier, 20 years old, in a place called Camp Barclay, which is owned by a friend of mine, her name is Angel Porman. And she and her husband owned Camp Barkley, which is Abilene, Texas, but it was a former soldier's boot camp. And by the way, those soldiers that were trained there were the ones that set Auschwitz free and other concentration camps in the Second World War. George Ritchie was 20. He had a fever of 106. He was supposed to be sent out in the train the next day to be, you know, sent across the ocean. When all of a sudden, he saw this young man in his bed. And then he thought, well, i got to catch the train. So he started walking down the hall when he saw one of the sergeants. He's like, sergeant, sergeant, what time does the train leave? When all of a sudden, the sergeant walked right through him. And then he was hovering over the landscape outside, and then he came to a town. He describes it perfectly. And he said, there's somebody. Maybe they know when the train's going out. So he said, sir, sir, what time is the train going? And he was going to tap him on the shoulder when his hand went right through the guy's shoulder. And that was the first time he figured, maybe I'm dead. And he was. And then he was taken before the presence of the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him, and he said, what have you done with the one life that I've given you? And then he was remembering all these impure thoughts. He was remembering all this, you know, jockeying for position. And he's like, uh, um, well, I was a Boy Scout. And, and, and then he said, he just, know that wasn't the best answer. But anyway, so he's like, give me another chance. I'm only 20 years old. And it came to him very clearly, did you love? George uh, Ritchie was able to go back to his body and when he did, there was a sheet pulled over it. His death certificate was signed. He had been dead for some minutes and he went back into his body, came back to life and he wrote a book and um, studied the whole element of life after death and he was never the same again. Let me say this, that of the millions even of near-death experiences, there's two common themes. For the, And by the way, I want to tell you a story about another guy by the name of Dr. Maurice Rawlings. But he says this, there's just as many light experiences as there are dark experiences, heaven and hell. But of the ones who really were able to see God or experience the light, they say this, there's two things. Did you learn to love? That is the common theme. And the second thing, they all come out of it, wanting to know God, to search out, to study this man in white and brilliance and love and and just an insatiable knowledge. One girl actually just went on to get a a, a Ph.D. in theology because she just wanted to learn, wanted to learn. Bob Jones, when he died in 1979, and he got all these prophetic words that, back in 1979, he was told that there's going to be a pill that perfects abortion, a a pill that you can have an abortion. He said, back in 1979, that was not known. Or that there would be um, gays marching in the streets with the backing of government. That wasn't happening in 79. Or that there was uh, going to be a worship movement that was going to start with a lot of young people, which started in Kansas City, on and on and on. And by the way, there's some that have not yet come to pass, which is that there's going to be a third world war. Did you know that, by the way, uh, George Washington even prophesied that? He had visions of three world wars, and a disruption in the U.S. government, and many, many other things that you can look into. But here's the big thing. The Lord spoke to Bob Jones and said, did you learn to love? And he came back out of that experience, and for the rest of his life, just sought to love. And I, I remember meeting him a few times, and you could you could see it. I mean, he wasn't a perfect man. But you could see it in his eyes, this desire to love. And I just feel gripped with this. Dr. Maurice Rawlings, who was not a believer, had a 40-year-old patient during a stress test drop dead. The nurses ran, and he did cardiac compressions. When they brought him to, this patient screamed out, I'm in hell! And Dr. Maurice Rawlings, not even, you know, again, being a believer, he said this. He said, said, in fact, I was scared to death. He said, this episode literally scared the hell out of me. after several resuscitations the man pleaded don't you understand i'm in hell each time you quit i go back to hell don't let me go back to hell i dismissed his complaint and told him to keep his hell to himself until i finished getting his pacemaker in place but the man was serious how do i stay out of hell pray for me he begged pray for him what nerve i told him i was a doctor not a preacher pray for me he repeated so then Dr. Rawlings, he drew in his last bit of Sunday school knowledge. He's like, what did I learn in Sunday school? Yeah, okay. So he had him pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I ask you to keep me out of hell. Forgive my sins. I turn my life to you. If I die, I want to go to heaven. If I live, I'll be off the hook. <laughs> the, pl- the patient flatlined again, but then stabilized. He said, when I went to see him afterwards, he told me that after that prayer, he went to a place of lush vegetation In a brilliant, illuminating, huge beam of light. And he saw his mother, who had died at age 21 when he was only 15 months old. Maurice Rawlings became a Christian after that experience. In fact, he wrote a book called Beyond Death's Door. I just want to say this. I believe that having an eye for eternity actually helps us change the way we live here. That we, you know... You just don't get bothered by as many things. Does it really matter in the light of eternity? Does it really matter when when Ian McCormick, some of you know him, that Ian McCormick, when he died from a a box jellyfish sting. And as he's dying, and he's trying to remember what his mother taught him about God, because he didn't have anything to do with God. He's like, what's that Lord's Prayer? What's the Lord's Prayer? And then he's trying to, you know, snippets of the Lord's Prayer. But what the Lord spoke to him as he's in the ambulance dying, he said, can you forgive the taxi driver who wouldn't drive you to the hospital?" He's like, what? And he forgave. And then he prayed this, you know, the part of the prayer that said, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. Oh my goodness, I've always done my will. Your ki- Lord, I want your will. He cried out to the Lord. He was allowed to see hell for a moment. Then he went to heaven. This is an incredible experience. But the Lord was talking to him about forgiveness before he was able to meet his maker come on church this is the gospel jesus hanging on that cross father forgive them for they know not what they do you can't afford not to forgive and i just feel like god search me search me search me do what you need to do because i want to live my life for your glory right here when i got this one life i got to live one life you got to live don't believe in karma or reincarnation you got one life to live It is real. That realm is real. We are going to meet him face to face. Steve Soldren, you know what? He was a vineyard pastor. I remember him, Cincinnati Vineyard. He went into a cardiac arrest. He was hovering over his body. As a nurse, I remember this, working on bodies that just died, and you're like feeling like somebody's right over your shoulder looking at you. But he was hovering, he saw the doctors working on his body to try to resuscitate him. He said they were in panic mode trying to resuscitate me, and God was calmly talking to me and saying, Do you know the names of your children's friends? He's like, Uh, I'm die, I'm dead, and you're you're ask he's like, uh, no, I I actually don't. And the Lord convicted him of the fact that his children's friends came to his house often. And he just was too busy to pay attention to any of them. He went into his study to do his pastor work. Come on. God cares about the names of your... By the way, Jordan, you're my daughter's friend. I know your name. Yay. <laughs> what? Ah! Uh, have you ever got the impression that God cares about things that, that, that maybe we don't care about? Remember when I was so convicted by the Lord years ago about not caring about souls. He said, Patricia, your contribution to the body of Christ is not just to be a prophetic voice. Everyone, it's called the Great Commission, needs to be a soul winner, because I care about souls. Oh! Oh! I was doing my first funeral, John was gone, and I remember uh, this beautiful intercessor lady that died. She was older. But I'm thinking, what do I preach at this funeral? What I? And I felt like Laura Lord said, preach on the New Jerusalem. So I studied the New Jerusalem. And it was amazing because somebody handed me a note that this lady had wrote before she died. They didn't give it to me until I was at the funeral. And in the note, she said, oh, I'd really like it if you would speak on the New Jerusalem at my funeral. I said, thank you, Jesus. Did you know that the New Jerusalem has walls that are 1,400 miles long and 1,400 miles wide and 1,400 miles high? It's a cube. That our space is 800 miles, so 1,400 miles wide. Do you know that the walls of the New Jerusalem are 216 miles thick and that there's gates uh, every 500 miles and that there are gates of pearl and that there's the names of the tribes of Israel and Do you want to know that there's transparent uh, streets because it's pure gold? Why am I saying that? Because it's real. It's real. And it's coming down out of heaven. And we're going to have earthly, these earthly bodies are going to be replaced by by bodies like, you know, being able to go up and come down. And by the way, you're going to look really good, too. That God is is saying all these things in the book of revelation it's true it's true it's true it's all true but you see sometimes we're so focused i've heard this saying that you know uh so uh, heavenly minded no earthly good but i think the flip side is also true so earthly minded no heavenly good that if we're just focusing on how much is in my bank account should i or shouldn't i based on you know whatever but it's like what does god say And here's the thing, the great commandment, well, you know it, I know it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and then love others as you love yourself. May we make this our daily mantra, desire, obsession. God, help me to love. Help me to love. Train, change me, transform me. Whatever you need to do, just do whatever you need to do. Because. And you know, Jesus said that in his, his last public message, Matthew 22. Then he had time with his disciples. But here's the deal. It goes on in the book of Revelation when 60 years later, John the Isle of Patmos gets this revelation. Laodicea, you know what? you you, you become lukewarm. Or Ephesus, you've left your first love. I feel like the Lord is saying, church, get ready. Get ready. Get ready for eternity. Let's all stand up together. I don't know. Do we have the worship team come back? Or, or, uh. John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, I has also loved you. Abide in my love. So what? As the Father loves the Son, he loves us abide in my love and I'm just like God I want to know another level I've known you for 41 years but I want to know what it means to love you Jesus I want to know what it means to know you I want to search you out help me to abide in your love God I'm asking God I'm asking for this help you know what it says in Matthew 24 It says when lawlessness will abound in the last day that the love of many will grow cold and I don't know. I, I feel that there's just a war on for our love. There's a war on for our passion. And even to that church in Ephesus, by the way, you know what he said to them? He said, "You know, you've engaged in all this good stuff. Like you, you haven't. You've labored hard. You've done this. All this overactivism. But I got a problem with you. You've left your first love. Maybe there's more people out there like me that you know this type A." Uh, personality, you want to do, want to accomplish, tasks. Get it done. Tick off the box. You've accomplished that. But here's the thing. More than accomplishing the task is, did we learn to love, even when it's hard? Did we learn to love our enemies? There's a big one. The People, you know, loving people that are really nice to us, that's easy. It's another thing to love people that are not so nice. God, I ask that you would come right now in the name of Jesus. Let's just close your eyes for a moment. Let's focus on the Lord. Ramesh gave me a little bit of extra time in case you're wondering. I know it's supposed to end at 12. Lord, let your fire fall. Let your glory come. Let your presence rain down. Father, we need you. We need you to help us. Help us in this life to learn to love. Break in, break in, break in. Power of the Holy Spirit. You know, in praying about this service, I did sense the Lord saying that there was at least three people here today or maybe more that really do need to have an assurance of salvation, an assurance that you're going to heaven. It's not based on your works. It's not that you did good things or you didn't kill anybody or you tried to obey the Ten Commandments. It's it's about a relationship. Jesus came, went on that cross to pay a price that we owed, which was for our sin, the price of death. That's what we deserve and that's what he paid. So that when we say yes to him, he forgives us and we have a right relationship with him. The only way, the truth, the life, the only door to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Today, it's like maybe for a rededication, maybe for a first time, but some here need to say yes to Jesus. You know, uh, Elsie had that vision of a driver's uh, wheel. You know what? That's exactly the way the Lord has spoken to me. I want to be in the driver's seat of your life. I don't want you driving. Let me drive it. Trust me. Trust me to lead. Trust me to, to be Lord, Savior, friend, master, bridegroom, all of it. Trust me to lead your life. And I th- you know, some of here, like in McCormick, you, you didn't, you don't know your kingdom come, your will be done. It's more my will be done. God break in this morning in the name of Jesus. Touch every heart and every life. If you need to say yes to Jesus, I don't want you to delay. Just get out of your seat. Come here. Let's pray together. If you need to be full on with him, full on, maybe a a, a time where we're just going to agree together that you surrender and let Jesus on the driver's seat of your life. Oh, that's you. Just run down here. Don't worry about who thinks what. It doesn't matter. We're all gonna face him face to face, not with your neighbor with you, not with your mother with you, it's you and God. Break in, Holy Spirit, break in with truth, break in with life. Yeah, a full on, full on assurance, full on assurance. You know, I just feel that the doubts, the doubts need to go, the The fears of uh, need to go in Jesus' name. I know there's more. I know there's more. We're gonna wait a moment. Listen to the whisper of the Spirit. You feel that on your heart. You feel that tug on your heart. Just run down here. Maybe you could say to your neighbor, do you need to be there? I'll I'll go with you. I'll walk with you or I'll I'll hold your hand or whatever, but come on, Holy Spirit, we love you. We need you. Break in with your power. Show. Fire of God falls. Glory of God comes. Power, power, power of the Holy Spirit flows. Power of the Holy Spirit flows. Power of Holy Spirit flows. And even if there's children or younger people here today, this is also your opportunity to see the Lord knocking on the door of young hearts as well. Say yes to Jesus. I was 12 when I said yes to Jesus. Hallelujah. For salvation hallelujah break in holy spirit let your fire fall whoa every doubt every fear say this with me everyone here jesus i say yes i give you my life give you my heart give you my future give you my everything just take over I say yes to you being on the driver's seat. In Jesus' name, here's my yes. Fire of God, fall in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your glory fall in this place. Let your river flow. Break in, break in, break in. Just for five or ten minutes here, I'd like you to, I want to open up this front. Let us. To everyone who's inclined, come and kneel before the Lord. Come and just, let's say to him, Jesus, will you prepare me for eternity? Not only in salvation, but will you prepare me in my heart? Make the adjustments that you need to make. Am I spending too much time chasing earthly wealth, earthly status? Am I chasing uh, uh, some vapor, some smoke? When you're saying to chase you, to learn to love, to get to know the names of my kids, friends, to smell the roses, to love my spouse more, to (laughs) care, to stop. Stop for the one. God, make the adjustments. God, change me. God, set me on fire for you. God say yes to you Come on. Lord I just ask that you would speak right now I ask that you would speak speak to us God I just feel to say that for some you know feel slighted because of being overlooked or maybe didn't get that promotion or maybe things didn't work out with a relationship, or if you make the pursuit of loving Jesus and knowing his love, abiding in his love, your number one pursuit, somehow all that stuff just doesn't matter anymore. Make that your obsession, Jesus. I want to love you. I want to know you. I want to abide in your love. I want to revel in your love. And I I keep hearing that hepsibah. Start declaring that over yourself. You delight in me. You delight in me. You love me. You love me like the Father loves you. Unbelievable. Incredible. Help me to get this. You delight in me. I delight you. I'm a delight to you. You love me so much. I want to revel in this. I want to abide in this. I want to get this because then my love for you awakens and my love for others awaken and it's okay. Stuff happens, stuff happens, but it doesn't stick, it doesn't bother, it doesn't sideline us. God, let your fire fall, let your fire fall. And Lord, I also pray for every person here that there's a new gripping of a heart for souls care about people that we love people because that's eternal when we love people so Lord let that come upon us and let I just I, I bless vision I bless counters I bless revelation right now about what God is saying that needs to adjust is it your schedule is it your time at the office Is it your need to forgive your mother, your neighbor, your coworker? God, do what you want to do and do what you need to do. I fought the good fight, finished the race. Crown of righteousness is laid up for me. I have no regrets. Live my life the way that you said to live it. God, I ask that that would come, every one of us right now. Pornography is being broken off of somebody here today. Somebody is struggling with pornography, probably more than one. The Lord said it's time to come clean. It's time to confess. It's time to talk to leaders, to get accountable. Get accountable to somebody. You're gonna get free. There's no pit so deep that Jesus is not deeper still. There's no sin. You know, Jesus will forgive, but you gotta get it out of the closet. Get it out of secret. Pornography has a grip on you, and you know it. The Lord says, come clean. Come clean. I want to set you free. Lord, whatever it is, make the adjustments in us, we pray. In Jesus' name.
1: Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, continue to work on all of our hearts as we we leave this place, Father. We ask that you'll continue to to work in us. That more and more we're going to give you control. More and more we're going to see ourselves in Christ. What Patricia has released to us today is the heart of the Father. You know, David, the psalmist said, Teach me to number my days. I read this morning, we need to make our calling and election sure. And we we just can't take for granted anything. Lord, we just we just cry out that you'll continue to move in our spirit, man, and to just do what you do in us we're going to uh, continue downstairs again everybody's welcome to come uh, come down and let's eat together let's look at each other and and get to know each other better and uh, we'll see you downstairs God bless the food and make it increase amen thank you Jesus Bless you guys. And thank you, Patricia. Bless you.